I want to welcome you to today's podcast. And in this podcast, I'll be bringing you teachings from the Word of God that will bless you and inspire your spirit. And I know for sure that your life will never be the same again when you're done listening. God bless you as you listen. This podcast is sponsored by Check It Shop. Check It Shop, the first Christian anointed clothing brand. Your one-stop shop for high quality and heavily anointed clothing and accessories that will look good on you and most importantly, terrorize the kingdom of darkness. Visit CheckItShop.com. Check it in style. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to welcome you to another wonderful podcast as we bring to you the Word of God. And I know that the Word that God is going to bring to you today will transform your life forever. But before we go on, I'd like us to pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we worship you. We bless you. We exalt you. We adore you. For you are King, you are Lord, and you are God. For your word is life, your word is light to those who find them. Lord God, we thank you because even as you bring your word to us, our hearts and our minds are open to receive your engrafted word with faith and with meekness. And we know that as your word comes to us, and as we receive your word, we will be informed, we will be reformed, and ultimately, we will be transformed. Thank you, Father. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm excited about many things. Because in this day and age that we are in, we are experiencing the fulfillment of the word of God like never before. Hallelujah. We're experiencing the fulfillment of the word of God like we have never seen before in history. Hallelujah. You know, there are several generations, if you look through the Bible, where spectacular things happened. Hallelujah. For example, of course, Adam and Eve were created by God. And, you know, the Bible says uh, they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and were kicked out of the garden. Then after that time, they began to multiply. Um, Seth, son of Adam, began to have kids and then, you know, had kids and kids and kids. And men began to multiply on the face of the earth. And it went down to the time of Noah when something spectacular happened. When, you know, the wickedness on the earth got to an alarming rate and the earth was destroyed. Hallelujah. By a flood, a massive flood. And Noah and his family, a family of eight, were saved according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. And then, you know, that generation began again. They started raising the family again and all that and people began to spread all over the earth and all that and then we got to the time of Abraham. Now the, the time of Abraham was a very interesting time because after the sin of Adam and Eve, man had fallen short of the glory of God and man needed redemption. 
But the question is, who was going to bring this redemption? Now, God, the Bible says, is a spirit. God is not a man. The Bible says, God is not a man. And if God wants to save man, he would need man to save man. He would need to use a man. See, that's why the gospel of Jesus Christ today, preaching the gospel, angels cannot come down to the earth and start going around. If, if, if it were possible, God would have done it. But for man to be saved, man has to be involved. It is man that can save man. Hallelujah. I remember the story, Catherine, an example Catherine Coleman gave when she was trying to explain about salvation. How that, you know, some ants, you know, were moving, uh, you know, in a particular direction, but there was kind of like disasters, maybe water or something that would destroy the ants in front. So here you are, like a human being, you are seeing these ants going forward to where there is destruction in front, or let's say maybe there's a predator in front, you know, that feeds on the ant. The ant doesn't know, but the predator is there. So now you know, you as a human being, you know that there is danger ahead, but how can you warn the ants? Because you are in a different place, you can't speak their language. How can you warn them? How can you make them know there is such danger ahead? So she was explaining that for God to save man, he had to, uh, though he, he had to become like one of us. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the form of Jesus Christ coming as a man. So he could come and warn us in our own language as a man. That's how Catherine Coleman explained it. So it's similar to what I'm talking about. So indeed, God wanted to save man. But he, he couldn't just do it without man's permission. The Bible says the heavens belong to God, but the earth has he given to the sons of men. Hallelujah. So God cannot just interfere anyhow he wants. It's just like the landlord rents a house to you. The moment he rents the house to you, for the time being, while you are in that house, I sit where you own the house. He can't just take the key and walk into your house anytime. Maybe you are at home, 11 p.m., 12 midnight, and suddenly the door is opening, and then the landlord walks into the house, and then he says hey, he wants to see if everything is all right in the house. No, it doesn't work like that. Even though the house belongs to him, he, 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 he built the house or he bought the house or he has the house. That doesn't give him the right to just enter your house anyhow. In fact, in some other parts of the world, of course, where uh, people are licensed to hold guns, if a landlord enters the person's house at that time like that, the person could shoot the landlord and he will not be guilty. He will be seen as an intruder even though the property belongs to him. Hallelujah. So in the same way, God is a God of order. Hallelujah. And whatever he does, he does it legally. He sets the law and he keeps the law. The Bible says God has exalted his word above all his name. So he keeps to his word. So he doesn't just intervene just like that. He doesn't just do it. Hallelujah. So here is God. Mankind has gone away. They have fallen short of the glory of God because Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that they were not supposed to eat from. And because of that, because of what they did, man, you know, had been disconnected with God. Man had died spiritually. 
And the Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every man was doomed and destined to hell. Except somebody comes to save them. Except a redeemer comes. But the question is, who is going to allow that person? Through whose lineage? There has to be a covenant with God that will give God the right to bring the Savior through that person's lineage. Hallelujah. So one day God approached a man called Abraham and firstly, he told him, say, come out of your father's house. Come out from you among your kindred to a place that I will show you. Hallelujah. Now, um, tradition has it. This is this story is not, it's not really in the Bible, but tradition has it that Abraham was with his father, Terah, in their native country. And Abraham noticed something. The father had idols he worshipped. And every time he went to put um, sacrifices before these idols, the thing remained there. It wasn't eaten. It remained there. And so one day, Abraham went and got angry and scattered the whole thing and said, these gods are not alive. They are dead. Hallelujah. He, he didn't believe the idols. These idols, they are not God. That's what he said to himself. So God came to Abraham one day and approached him. He said, listen, come out of among your, from your father's house, from among your people to a place I will show you. And Abraham moved. He hearkened. He listened. Hallelujah. And you know, the later the Bible says that Abraham was searching for a city. He was looking for something that he didn't find among his people. A city that had foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah. And he looked all those idols, they, are, they were not God. And God told him, say, come out from your father's house, from among your people. He obeyed and he moved. Obeying God. And that was a big thing. Hallelujah. And he moved. And he kept moving and moving until, you know, he got to a certain place. All that time, Abraham didn't have children of his own. The Bible says God blessed him. He was so wealthy. He had cattle. He had servants. He had many things. But Abraham didn't have any children of his own. Hallelujah. But then, one day God told him, said, you have children. Abraham said, okay, bless. Uh, okay, I believe you. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not having any children. And God was observing and watching Abraham all this while. One day, through his wife, the suggestion came, why don't you just do this and, um, you know, uh, get a child from Hagar the servant and then let's move on. After all, that way you have a child. And then, you know, the child can also be my child. And he did it. And, you know, they had a the child, Ishmael. But that was not a promise that God made. God told him, said, your wife, Sarah, will have a child. And at this time, they were old, in their old age. And Sarah was past the prime. She was past the time of childbearing. And the Bible says, one day God told Abraham, come out, I want to show you something. He went out and God showed him, said, count the stars. He began to count. And then God spoke to him and said, just the way you're not able to count the stars, because he counted until he couldn't count anymore. See, just the way you're not able to count the stars, that's how your seed will be. Hallelujah. That's how your offspring will be. Those that come from your loins, that's how many there will be. And the Bible says, Abraham believed God. He believed. Hallelujah. 
And the Bible says that belief, that he believed, it was counted unto him for righteousness. That was where everything changed. He believed God. That was where everything changed. Hallelujah. Eventually, you know the story, Isaac, Sarah got pregnant and eventually she gave birth to Isaac. Hallelujah. And through Isaac, of course, Isaac had Esau and Jacob. Through Jacob, the nation of Israel was born. A fulfillment of the word of God. Hallelujah. Now, because of the covenant, because at the time God told Abraham, the sealing of the covenant was the covenant of circumcision. And told him the, the foreskin of the men had to be removed as a sign of their connection with Jehovah. Hallelujah. The covenant. Praise God. And by that, what that what what Abraham did, he 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 made that connection with God. But apart from that, there was one more thing that Abraham did that sealed the whole thing, which was when God came to Abraham and said to him, I want you to take this your son, Isaac, and offer him as a burnt sacrifice unto me. Hallelujah. Now, this was the big one. See, Abraham had so many processes he had to pass through. First, leaving his father's place and moving anywhere God told him to go. And then, you know, he had Ishmael and all. But then God said, no, he thought he had arrived. God said, no, you're, you're not arrived. And then eventually he had Isaac. And, you know, he loved Isaac, of, of course, the child of his old age and all. And then suddenly God says, I want you to give me Isaac as a burnt sacrifice. Now, that was a test. Hallelujah. Because nothing comes down from heaven until something goes up. Before you get something from heaven, something must go up. It's a principle. Hallelujah. It's a principle. It's a law. It's a law of giving and re receiving. The Bible says, while the earth yet remaineth, seed time and harvest will not cease. It's a law. So God told him, said, I want you to sow your only begotten son, Isaac. This one that you love, I want you to give him as a burnt offering on the altar. Hallelujah. And guess what? Abraham took Isaac and he placed him on the altar. Hallelujah. Now, I've said it before. Once your sacrifice is on the altar, whatever happens to it is no longer up to you to determine. If, for example, you're in church and then the offering bag is going around and you take your money and you put inside the offering bag, the moment that money leaves your hand and it goes into the bag, it's no longer yours. It becomes consecrated. It becomes holy. You do not have a right to dip your hand into the offering bag to collect that money. Even if it's a mistake you made. Even if you put the, the note you didn't expect to put, you put the wrong one, you don't have the right to put your hand inside because it's no longer yours. So the moment Abraham put Isaac on the altar, he became God's property. Hallelujah. He became God's property. And that was the sealing of the deal. Once he did that, that was what gave God the right to send his only begotten son. Abraham had sown the seed of his Isaac to God. And so God now had the legal right to send his only begotten son to come to earth. Hallelujah. So by reason of what Abraham did, the Messiah, 
the savior of the world was going to come through the lineage of Abraham. Hallelujah. It was going to come through the lineage of Abraham by reason of the, the sacrifice that Abraham made, placing Isaac on that altar. Of course, God told him, said, no, don't kill him. Now I, I know that you, you love me and you fear me and all that stuff. But the moment he placed him on the altar, he became God's property. Hallelujah. Now, eventually, it was now a matter of time, you know, for God to send Jesus. Hallelujah. And after the, the time of Abraham, it took another 2,000 years for Jesus to eventually come. Hallelujah. From the time of Adam to the time of Abraham was 2,000 years. From the time of Abraham to the time of Jesus was another 2,000 years. And from the time of Jesus to these times we're in now, another 2,000 years. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, what I was saying from the beginning, I said, we are seeing scriptures being fulfilled in this day and age like we have never seen before. Hallelujah. Now, in the time of Abraham, spectacular things happen. And of course, when Jesus eventually was born, it was a fulfillment of the scripture. It was a fulfillment of the promise God made in Genesis where he said, the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. And all so many scriptures were being fulfilled when Jesus came. Hallelujah. But then Jesus, when he came, he began to talk of another time that was coming. Hallelujah. At this point, I want us to open our Bibles to the book of Joel 2.28. Joel is speaking here. He says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Now, the first part I want to uh, point out is uh, what I want to point out first from this verse of scripture is the first part. It says, and it shall come to pass afterward, afterward. That's what the prophet Joel said, afterward. Later, afterward means later. Hallelujah. Now he was saying these things by the spirit of God. He didn't, you know, many times the Bible says the prophets, when they prophesied, they just, they prophesied by the spirit of Christ in them. Many of them didn't even know what they were talking about. They just spoke. Jeremiah 31. And I'm reading from verse 13. He says, Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, both young men and old together. For I will turn their mourning into joy and will comfort them and make them rejoice from their sorrow. And I will satiate the soul of the priest with fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, saith the Lord. Now he's prophesying about good times that were to come for the people of God. Now suddenly he begins to talk about something else. He says, Thus saith the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weepings, Rahel, according to the King, uh, King James Version, weeping for her children, Refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. Hallelujah. He was talking about good times. Suddenly he begins to prophesy about something entirely different. Hallelujah. And then, guess what? In Matthew chapter 2, 
verse 17. This was a time when after Herod went to kill the children from two years and below in the time of Jesus. Matthew 2.17 says, Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and will not be comforted, because they are not. Hallelujah. So the prophet was prophesying about good times. Suddenly he begins to talk about something else. Hallelujah. And guess what? If you had asked Jeremiah in that day, what are you talking about? He'll tell you, I don't know. I just heard this by the Spirit. That's why he said, thus saith the Lord. It's the Lord that is saying it. Why is the Lord saying it? I don't know. And let me tell you something. There are some things that you may not understand. I've told people so many times. Even in dreams, there are some dreams you may have, you don't understand them. It's not everything you are meant to understand immediately. There are some things that are for a later time. Hallelujah. What you don't understand, just leave it. Put it in the hands of God and leave it. That's why I tell people, write it down. If you had a dream, write it down. And all that, if you feel it was a message, just write it down and leave it. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's not everything that you understand. So the prophets prophesied as the Spirit of God led them, but sometimes they didn't even know why they were saying what they were saying. So going back to the book of Joel, Joel chapter 2 Verse 28, so the prophet here is prophesying and said, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and upon the, sep- the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. When he was prophesying these things, he probably didn't even know what he was saying. Why he was saying this, he probably didn't know. He just knew that the Spirit of God was leading him to say it, so he was just voicing it out. You know, a prophet is an oracle of God. He's not supposed to speak his own mind or what he feels. He's to say exactly what God says he should say. Sometimes he doesn't want to say it. It's not about what you want or not, or, or what you don't want. It's about what God says you should say. Hallelujah. Of course, you know the story of Balaam, the prophet. And you know, God told him, said, Don't curse the people. Only say what I tell you to say. Bless them and don't curse them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So here prophet Joel is prophesying. And he said afterward. But if you go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2. And I'm reading from verse. Okay, let me read from verse 14. So the, the, the full story. Now, this was after the Spirit of God came upon them. The Holy Spirit came upon them. Jesus had told them, tarry here in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost will come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, here, the uh, the, the, the disciples were gathered together in one accord, as the Bible says, And suddenly the Bible says there came a sound of a rushing mighty wind and filled the place where they were gathered. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues. Now, as at that time, it had never happened in the history of the world. Something like that had never happened. It was new. And in the process, while that was going on, some of them began to speak other languages. And people began to understand them by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
And so people coming and hearing them speaking in tongues and, you know, talking like that. They were wondering, could these men be drunk? What is going on here? Hallelujah. What is going on here? Then Peter stood up, verse 14, with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all of you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my word, listen to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. So by the Spirit of God, Peter knew that it was the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. If you had asked Joel, I believe if you had asked Joel, this thing you're saying, how exactly is it going to happen? He probably did not know. Hallelujah. But you know, the Spirit, that's why professors who take the Bible and study it and they get more confused. Because the Bible is a spiritual book. It was written by the Holy Spirit and can be interpreted only by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's why people take the Bible and they want to, you know, reason the stories of the Bible or the things that are written by the Bible. And the more they try to do that, they get confused. Hallelujah. There's a particular religion, you know. They, they, instead of them to focus on what they, 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 they claim to believe, They'll, they'll take the Bible to read the Bible. Why are they reading? To find faults in the Bible. And the truth is that the Bible says the letter kill it. As long as you are using the eyes of the flesh to read the Bible, it will bring more confusion to you. You will see things that you think are contradictory, but the scriptures is not contradictory at all. Hallelujah. The word of God is very clear. So Peter, by the spirit, knew that this was a fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. And he said, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now, look at, look at something important to note here. In the book of Joel 28, chapter 2, verse 28, when we read it, he said, afterward, and it shall come to pass afterward. But Peter says here, in the last days. Glory to God. He said in the last days. So this was a sign. Or one of the signs of the last days. The gift of the Holy Spirit that will come upon people. Before this time that gift only came on the prophets. Or those that were in um, anointed offices like the priests. Hallelujah. Not everyone received the Spirit of God. It was not available. The Spirit of God was not available. The anointing was not available for everyone. Hallelujah. And at that time, if they needed to hear a word from the Lord, they had to go and meet the prophet. They had to look for the priest, those who all had been put on their head or those who had been called specially by God. But God said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Like it's going to be, the spirit of God is going to be poured out upon everyone, for everybody. Hallelujah. And so when Peter, when they saw this, Peter said, this is the fulfillment of that prophecy. And guess what? This is a sign of the last days. Hallelujah. Joel said afterwards, but Peter said last days. Why? Because that was the beginning of the end. Hallelujah. The beginning of the end. At that time, Satan has already been defeated. Jesus has already taken the keys of hell and of death from him, completely defeating him. 
Now salvation was now open to man again. All that man needs to do to be saved is to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. The Bible says, as many as receive him, to them give he power to become the sons of God, even to those that believe on his name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Peter says, this is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel, verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. These are the days of the spirit. He said, in those days of my spirit. This is the day of the spirit. Hallelujah. This is the era of the spirit. Hallelujah. Where the Holy Ghost is carrying out his ministry on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you know, the days of Peter, a dear man of God had explained it this way. About the end times. Hallelujah. Now, in every, uh, let's say a relay race, um, four by 100, okay? You have four people and each of them stay at the 100 meters mark, okay? They're supposed to run around and, you know, after running for 100 meters, you pass the baton to another person who will run and pass it to another person like that. Now, many people, tactically, what they do is, Every team really has their fastest person. For example, when Usain Bolt was running, you know, I think he and Tyson Gay, I think they were the fastest people at that time. So what they did, what uh, they usually do is they'll put a very fast person. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about the, the, the Jamaican team, but generally, uh, people who are coaches in, in, in such races, Generally, they will put their fastest, uh, they will put a very fast person to start the race. Hallelujah. They'll put a very fast person to start the race so he can get an advantage. Then they will put the weakest two in the second and third position. So just in case there's an error, maybe there's a weakness or something, the second two, and then they put the fastest on the team to run last. So just in case the, uh, the speed of the team was reduced in number two and number three, the number four guy will use that time, you know, to cover up. So usually they put the fastest. And, you know, the Bible says the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. God never puts his best first. He saves the best for the last. That's how God does it. Hallelujah. So the early church was the beginning of the end times. And then what happened? The church went into a period called the Dark Ages. Hallelujah. And Christianity at that time was at the all-time low. So many things were lost. Miracles, speaking in tongues, so many things were lost in that era, in the Dark Ages. In fact, the church became very political. So many things happened. People were killed in the name of God and all that stuff. It was terrible, terrible, terrible. What happened in the dark ages? Hallelujah. But in the late 1800s and early 1900s, a fire began to burn. Glory to God. A fire began to burn. 
People began to catch the revelation. It didn't start from then. You, know, you have some people like Martin Luther who got the revelation of salvation. You know, redemption, you know, by receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. And many other people played key roles in their times. They were the light in their generation the best way they could. But then getting to the late 1800s and early 1900s, the fire of the Spirit began to burn. And certain people caught the revelation of receiving the Holy Ghost. And people began to speak with tongues. And there was a revolution. Hallelujah. And that fire began to burn from that time. People began to catch the revelation. The word began to spread. Hallelujah. And then not long after that, people began to delve into the word too and have revelation and understanding of the word. Hallelujah. Which took them to a different level. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then God began to show his people dreams and visions. And since then, it has been really, really powerful. Glory to God. And in this day and age that we are in, like the Bible says, this is the time of the Spirit. Glory to God. This is a time when God is doing mighty things. Hallelujah. And God still expects his people to speak in tongues, to prophesy as it was in the early church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's still pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. And I've told people time and time again, prophecy is for everyone. When you prophesy, you are speaking the same word as God. You are speaking the same thing with God. That is prophecy. Every time you are making declarations based on God's word, you are prophesying. When every time you are speaking words inspired by the Holy Spirit, you are prophesying. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. And we ought to prophesy. We ought to prophesy. See, many times people are complaining about what they are going through instead of them to prophesy. Hallelujah, I've talked about the uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, the story of the dry bones. The Bible says the bones were very dry. And while he was wandering, God asked him, asked the prophet Ezekiel, can these bones live? He said, ah, Lord, I don't know. You're the only one that knows. God says, stop thinking like that. Begin to prophesy to the bones. Speak to the bones. This is what you should say to the bones. God gave him the word. God told him what to say. And he said it. Hallelujah. And glory to God. The Bible says there was a noise. Every time we speak the word of God, every time we prophesy, it comes with a noise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There is a noise both physically and in the spirit. There is a noise. Why would there be a noise? Because things begin to come together. The Bible says bones began to, so the bones began to clang, you know, began to hit each other. They, they, there was a noise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When there is prophecy, there will be a noise in the spirit. Things began to come together. Suddenly the marriage begins to come together. The children begin to come together. That job begins to come together. The forms that you are prophesying about begin to come together. Things begin to come together when we prophesy. Glory to God. Now if you study that scripture in the book of Ezekiel 37, you will discover that it was a vision that the prophet was seeing. So it wasn't necessarily something that happened physically per se. It was a vision because the Bible says it was carried in the spirit. Hallelujah. So in the spirit, he heard the noise. Glory to God. Guess what? Physically, he may not have heard that noise, but spirit in the spirit, he heard the noise. So guess what? Every time you prophesy, something begins to happen in the spirit. Things begin to move. Whether you see it or not with your optical eyes, it doesn't matter. As you prophesy, as you speak the word of God, things begin to come in place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. As you speak, you are 
speaking, you're calling for things that don't exist. You're bringing them into existence. While you are doing that, things begin to move. Things begin to happen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And it's only a matter of time. If it is something that you have not seen, you will surely see it. Glory to God. It will surely happen. Glory to God. This is the era of the spirit. Hallelujah. And when we speak the word of God, it doesn't matter. See, we have to come to that point where we learn to depend absolutely on God. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He said, don't lean on your own understanding. While you are speaking that word, stop bothering yourself on how it will happen. That is not your business. That is why God is God. is because he is able to make impossibility impossibility possible he's able to make what is not possible possible that's why he's god if he can't make impossible things possible then he should he, he, he should cease to be god hallelujah the reason why he is god is because he can do what man cannot do glory to god so when we are making those declarations we are not declaring those things by our own self or based on our ability the bible says not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything of ourselves our sufficiencies of god hallelujah our dependence is on god when we boast we are not boasting in our name when we say i'm rich i'm powerful i'm influential i'm not saying it because of what my father did for me i'm not saying it because of what my uncle left for me i'm saying it because of my connection with God. The Bible says we shouldn't boast in ourselves, but we should boast in the living God. Hallelujah. And that's what we boast in. Glory to God. When we say we are blessed, we are blessed because we say because that's what the word of God says. When we say we live in divine health, we do not get sick. That's it. The Bible says they that dwell in Zion shall not say I am sick. Hallelujah. So I'm saying it based on the word of God. What if there are symptoms in my body? The Bible says let God be true and every man else a liar. I choose to believe God's word over my experience. I choose to believe God's word over the dreams that I have, over the experiences, over the encounters that I have. I believe God's word. And when you hold on to the word, you keep speaking the word over time. That experience, that situation, that circumstance will begin to align itself with the word of God. And eventually you will see it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Bible says, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And then the Bible says, and God saw. Glory to God. God said, let there be, and there was, and God saw. If you look in the book of Genesis chapter 1 from verse 3, reading down, you'll see that again and again. God said, let there be, then he says, and God saw. So it's possible that after he said it, of course in the spirit it manifested, but it might not have manifested physically. Hallelujah. That's it. That's why there are many prophecies, many words that God has spoken over your life, but you have not seen the physical manifestation. That doesn't mean it has not happened in the spirit. The Bible says forever, oh God, your word is settled in heaven. Hallelujah. So the moment he says it in the realm of the spirit, it happens. But sometimes it may take time to manifest physically. That's why he says the vision is for an appointed time. Though it tarries, wait for it. It's for an appointed, it will surely happen. Wait. The Bible says through faith and patience, they inherit the promise through faith. It's not just faith. Faith and patience have to go together. What is patience? Patience, you remain in hope while you are waiting for something. Hallelujah. That's patience. So you are waiting for something. Time will pass as long as patience is involved. Patience involves time. 
You cannot separate patience and time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So sometimes after you have declared it, give it time. The Bible says he makes all things beautiful in his time. Hallelujah. When the time comes, nothing can stop it. The Bible says when the cloud is full of rain, it will surely empty itself upon the face of the earth. That's how it is. Glory to God. God's word is infallible. God's word never fails. And you must depend on God's word. You must. Glory to God. As you speak the word, you declare the word. In this age that we are in, I'm telling you, we are in the age of prophecy. We are are seeing prophecies fulfilled. Glory to God. The Bible says darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the people. Look at what is happening today. The epidemic or the pandemic is covering the whole earth. A fulfillment of scripture. But I like what he said on the other side. He said, but the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen in you. He said, kings will come to your rising. Nation, Gentiles will come to your rising and kings will come to the glory of your rising. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's what the word of God says. So at the darkest hour, that's the best time for us to shine. He said, we are the city that is set upon a hill. We cannot be hidden. The world will hear from us. Glory to God. Because we are a people of prophecy. We are in the age of prophecy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God talked about you. He said you were coming. He knew about you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's our scripture we read. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters. Hallelujah. Who are the sons and daughters he was talking about? He was talking about you. Glory to God. The sons and daughters he was talking about was you. Glory to God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Glory to God in today's world. This is the age in which he has poured out his spirit upon all flesh. And as many as are willing to receive, can receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And they can burn with the fire. Glory to God. Unstoppable by the force of this life. The Bible says they shall decree a thing and it shall be established. Glory to God. Every time you speak words like this, dear man of God call them faith filled words glory to God every time you declare words like this guess what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 and God said let there be light and there was light how the spirit of God moved to make it happen glory to God and every time you declare the word of God it is the same as God speaking And just the same way the Spirit of God moves to make that word a reality, that's how the Spirit of God moves to make the words that you speak reality. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So this is the day of prophecy. This is the age of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And we are a people of prophecy. Glory to God. As we declare, we speak the word of God with power. We speak the word of God with the fire, by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Surely we will get results. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you still complaining? Hallelujah. Start complying with the word of God. Stop complaining and start complying. Start prophesying. Start declaring. Start calling things that be not as though they were. Declare them. Call them into existence by the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In this day, let me tell you, the darkest hour of the night is the brightest time for the light to shine. Hallelujah. The darkest hour of the night is, of course, closest to the dawn of the day. But then the darker 
the night, the brighter the light. Hallelujah. And that's why with the little thing we're doing, look at what is happening in this age today. You can just go on Facebook and people from all over the world can hear you. There's never been a time in history where it is so easy to assess people all over the world. This is the best time ever. I'm telling you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we are taking advantage of it. Glory to God. The Bible says the glory of God. Says there, will be the, there will be the knowledge of the glory of God. As the waters cover the sea. There is a spreading of the knowledge, the glory of God, the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea is spreading through the nations. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. I, I, I know you have been blessed. I know you are on fire. You are ready to prophesy. You are ready to speak God's word. Remember what? Mark chapter 11, verse 23, 22 to 24. I'm going to just cut it short, but he says, have faith in God. Then he says, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, but shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. If you believe with your heart and you declare with your mouth, you will definitely see it. That's what Jesus said. Hallelujah. So get busy talking today. Every day, declare, speak, speak over your children, speak over your family, speak over your life, speak over your future, speak over your finances, declare the word of God. And as you say it, you will see the manifestation of it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I know you have learned something today. And I know that you're not just a hearer of the word, but you are a doer of the work. And you will continue to declare the word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray. Father, thank you for your word has come to us. Oh, glory to God. Your, your word has brought edification to us, exhortation and comfort. Indeed, we have been edified. We are strengthened. We are ready to declare your word, knowing that your spirit goes ahead to make it come to pass. Hallelujah. Glory to God, Father, from today as we declare, make these declarations. Yes, indeed, we will see every word that we have spoken come to pass. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. For your word indeed is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And indeed, we have been blessed. Thank you, Father. We give you praise in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I know you are fired up. You have been strengthened. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So you're going to continue shining. Keep doing the word of God. Keep living for Jesus. In the day that we are in, God bless you. And I'll come to you again with another inspiring word that will change your life forever. Till I be with you again, keep living in the atmosphere of God's word, God's worship, and God's miracles. God bless you. Bye-bye. Join the man of God, Pastor Isaac Samuel II, for further deeper analysis of the Word of God and mind-blowing miracles during the Check It Church weekly services. On Sunday, we've got the Super Sunday service starting at 10 a.m. CST. Wednesday is a midweek Bible study at 6 p.m. CST. Then Friday is a prayer meeting also starting at 6 p.m. CST. We hope to see you there.